Thank you, Tommy. I bought my big Bible today because I can see. And uh, that sermon this morning was very encouraging for the church of Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you will uh, <clears throat> go back and listen to it again. It's worth it. Uh, and take away the things that should be taken away. So tonight uh, we have only, I think I can find them still in this book. <laughs> there it is. Uh, we, can, uh, we have uh, five chapters to go over, uh, but we can take that sermon this morning and lay it right over, over this, these chapters, Leviticus 18 through 22. Each one of these chapters open up the Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses. And 18 through 20, God tells Moses to speak to the children. Speak to the children. So, uh, children, listen to what God says. Okay? <clears throat> and uh, here in these chapters, God is calling his children away from the sinful conduct and practices of the world where they were, were, which is Egypt, where they are, which is in the wilderness, and where they're going to Canaan. He's called them out of that sinful practices and says, you, you're now to have a holy conduct. Not a sinful conduct, but a holy conduct. So you can imagine yourself if you come out of some kind of sin that's been, uh, you've been caught up in, and God is calling you out, and you finally come out, and you break free. How rewarding that is to your spirit and soul. So uh, God tells us, tells them, follow me, be holy in all our conduct. And he's undergirded this call with, with a special uh, phrase in this, these uh, five chapters 38 times that I've counted. It might be more or less, but 38 times I've counted he says, I am your God. I am your God. I am speaking to you. He's not just saying, I'm giving something to Moses and let him tell you. He's saying, I'm telling you exactly what I expect from you. And he says, uh, <coughs> that, that I am, by the way, is a, man, it's a, it's a great, description. It's a self-description that God uses of himself, I am. And, and uh, Jordan hit on it this, the second this morning when he said that uh, I am who is without beginning, without end. He's eternal. He's almighty. He promises to curse sin and reward obedience. In these chapters here, he says, I'm going to cut you off if you're sinning, if you're breaking, if you're walking not after me but after sin. I'm going to cut you off, vomit you out. He used those words. And the uh, only other time in the Bible I see that for myself is in uh, Revelation 3 where Jesus says, uh, lukewarm makes me sick to my stomach. I will spew you out of my mouth. He don't want us to be lukewarm. Jordan uh, used it this morning. He says, he says, cling to Christ, cling to him, both-handed, both hands are tied up tight to the dock so you won't drift away. He says, when you cling to him, you will not stray. You've been caught straying by 
holding on to Jesus with one hand, the world with the other. Turn loose. Grab a hold of him. You won't stray. This is good for all of us. And uh, he says, if you obey me, I'll take you into the promised land, which flows with milk and honey. And uh, I think all the times we want this to milk and honey and don't want to go through the struggles of life, the fight that goes on. Folks, we're in a war. And so we'll get to that fighting in a few minutes. But uh, all you men like a good fight, so we'll get to it in a few minutes. Uh, probably some of you women do too. That's all right, though. In chapter 18, we'll read the first five verses and uh, listen to the word of the living God out of chapter 18. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. According to the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do nor shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, he's, uh, I have a, you saw three times here, and he says, do not practice this where you've been. Do not practice where you're going, uh, but your conduct should be holy. And the question for us, is your conduct holy? Is your conduct holy before the Lord? Is it? Who determines that? God has his standards, not ours. Uh, they had three IMs there. He so he's undergirded that, what he's saying with those three IMs. And I want someone here who has Psalm 34, 11 through 16. Somebody's going to take her microphone. Ben's coming with it. And she'll read this for us. Now, listen to this. This, this sets the tone for what we're looking at for the rest of these chapters. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Okay. So those who... Walk after God, uh, be rewarded, and those who do not, he'll cut off the remembrance of them from the earth, he says. So uh, be, be cautious, be very careful how you live your Christian life, uh, that you would know that you're truly in Christ all the way. Uh, chapter, uh, verse 6 through 20, he goes through some very specific sexual sins that the people were doing in the lands where they were and I guess where they're going to. And so he's saying, don't, 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 don't. Don't do this. And uh, we could say a few things about that. Today there's sexual sins as practiced all over the world anymore with this internet thing, Majiggy. Y'all know what I'm talking about, pornography. Folks, God is saying don't. 
Don't walk in that. Don't walk after that way. Walk after me. Follow my ways. Be holy. So you can't be halfway on this. You can't please your lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and please your God too. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life is not of, the, not of God. It's of this world, and it will pass away. So uh, be cautious, be careful, be holy. And so then he goes into verse 21, he talks about this God, Molech. Now, more, most of you know more about this guy than I do. He was a, a, a God of the Ammonites, and had a, my picture, he had a platform or a, built up to him a ramp where they went up to this big God that they had all carved out, and uh, they had a uh, fire coming out of his mouth, and they would offer their children to this Molech the God of fire. And I don't know what they got out of it, but they surely were killing innocent children for their own sins. And God detests that. He hates it. says, don't walk after these people. Don't do like that. Don't follow them. And uh, so he says, keep my statutes, keep my statutes, keep my judgment, and don't commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. Don't do this. And in verse 30, he says, Therefore you shall keep my ordinances so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs which were committed before you and that you do not defile yourselves by them. Then he undergirds that I am. I am your God. I am the Lord your God. So, if you read this for yourself, is God speaking to you too? Or is it just speaking to some centuries past? I don't know how many years ago this was. It's probably, I would say, 3,000 years ago or such. Is that about right? Charles Derrick? Is that close? Okay. Uh, so th but he still speaks today. This wasn't speaking to them. He's speaking to the church today. Don't walk after these folks. Don't be caught up in it. Uh, there in this chapter then, he has six I am's in this chapter. Six. That's a lot for one little chapter where God describes himself. But what is he saying here? He says, listen to my wisdom. Follow me. Listen to my wisdom. Follow me. Don't walk after the world's wisdom. You see what their judgment is going to be. So we're going to 19 now. Uh, and he's talking to us. I'm going to read verse 1 through 4. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, I like this now. You shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. The word for holy, it means separated, right? Set apart. And he'll describe that in a few minutes where he separated us. He separates his from the world. He separates, he separates. We're not of the world. We're not of the world. We've, we're Christ. We're different. He done that. We don't do it but then we're to walk after his ways to be different. So I have someone here who's going to read 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. My dear brother Chase. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. 
Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Did you see a sword there? Did you see a sword in that to fight with? Come on. I know you saw the sword. What's the sword here? Jesus used it in uh, Matthew 4. Now I'm going to sit right here until somebody tells me what the sword is. Did you see it in here? What did he say? What's the name of the sword? Thank you. Who said that? Okay, thank you. Well, God has armed us with a sword to fight with, as it is written. We just read it, didn't we? Be holy, for I am holy. As it is written, you're in a war. You're fighting every day. The devil wants you to follow him and walk after his ways, but God has given us a sword, and he didn't put it in us to put it in our scabbard. He gave us a sword to fight with. Satan comes against you. He says, walk after this ways. Pursue this sin pursue this lust you got the sword in your hand you better have it in your hand and he says you say to him says it is written be holy for I am holy I have I'm a child of the king of the living God and I'm going to live for him because the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh and the pride of life is going to fade away you strike him with that he resists you he says, resist him and he'll flee from you, right? So are you resisting him? Or are you giving in to your lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? Y'all don't like to talk much, do you? Well, you are equipped with a sword. And folks, it's the same sword that Jesus Christ used. Right? 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 You have it. It's not just the one you hold in your hand, but it's in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, and you use it. Do you have a shield, too? One of them does. You got one shield over here. Does anybody else have a shield? Ah, that's all right. You do. And you quench those temptations that he shoots at you 90 times a second. You catch those Temptations, those fiery darts and your shield quenches it. Use it. It sticks in your mind, your head, and you'll entertain it for a little bit. That sin, whatever it is, you'll entertain it and you'll think about it. That's a sin. It's not a sin to get shot. But when you start entertaining it, that's a sin. You're thinking about it. Well, I could do that. And then you, you, you admit to yourself that you can do that sin. That's twice you've sinned with that one error. And then you commit it. You do that sin. That's three times. One little error. But he's giving us a shield, folks. Catch him. Fight. Fight. You're to be holy. Our God has called us to be holy. Not to be laid over on the side of the ditch, beat up, carried off. Uh, I want to tell you something as an elder. When, when folks get badly wounded by sin, it takes... How many elders y'all got? Five, six? Somewhere around there. 
It takes hours and hours and hours and heartache and heartache and heartache to begin to see any kind of raising up out of that sin. And that's Satan's ploy. He wounds one, one person, and it takes several to take care of him. That's the military tactic, if you didn't know that. Have you ever seen, where's John in here? One of the wounded wound the guy in the military uh, how many people it takes to take care of him? A lot. But if you just shoot him dead, they'd leave him over for a while, right? Satan uses that ploy all the time. Men use it in their wars. Well, in the, <clears throat> excuse me, he starts recalling the Ten Commandments here. So he's taking us back through the Ten Commandments, not all of them in order. And then he tells us, uh, how to do the offerings correctly. Now, he don't like for us to do any offerings wrong. A free will offering. And, folks, we need to get happy about offering God back his, what he's given us plus. So do the offerings as he's instructed. In 9 and 10, I like this verse because he tells us, uh, we call it gleanings in, in the farmland. You leave... Uh, I was up in Idaho one time. They'd leave potatoes in the field after the harvest. They'd leave asparagus growing on the side of the roads. They'd leave some apricots in the trees. Listen, you didn't have to have anything, but you could live there. And that's he, God said, do that for the poor and for the stranger. Be kind to folks that you don't know. Don't be greedy and put all your stuff in your storehouse, your little bank accounts that you ain't going to take nowhere with you anyhow. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> 11 and 12 he goes back to the Ten Commandments and then in verse 18 let's turn to verse 18 in chapter 19 I love this verse here it goes you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against your children of your people but you shall love your neighbor as yourself undergird the fact, I am the Lord. Did anybody else ever say that in the scriptures? Love your neighbor as yourself. There we got one. Christ said it, right? And he said that's the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is a great commandment. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So Christ, the, the, God was giving them the second part of the second table of the commandments right here in that little verse. Folks, love your neighbors. Love your neighbors as yourself. Take care of them. Help them. Don't leave them, leave them to the hurts of their life. We're not through with two chapters yet, are we? <clears throat> All right. Let's go to 37 in this chapter. Uh, verse 37 of chapter 19. Therefore, you shall observe all my, all my statutes and all my judgment and perform them. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. How many of the statutes and judgments should we honor and keep? Okay. But see, in our little trifling with our sin, we want to, uh, sins of the world, we want to keep enough to feel good about ourselves but not all of them. Do what God says. Jesus said it best, if you love me, 
What do you say? That's right. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is so church-oriented here. If you look through it and uh, put it up to the date, how are you living according to that? And this chapter 19 had, guess how many? And anybody count the I am's in 19? 15. 15 of the I am's. He was undergirding all that was said with his wisdom and said, follow me. Don't follow your own lust. Follow me. And he's instructed us to walk this way. I wonder why. You ever ask God why? Nobody does. I do. My, my. Ask, why should I walk that way, God? Talking to him, you commune with him, right? You talk with him. You don't talk to a book. You talk to the God of the book. Why, God? Why? Son, I have your eternal interest in my hand. Walk my ways. Walk my ways. Well, he's serious about it 15 times in this one chapter. Uh, being holy, being separated from the world, right? Here's Egypt and their sinful ways. Here's Canaan and their simple, sinful ways. And here's the wilderness and the people out there, their sinful ways. And God says, I'm separating you. I'm separating you from these people. I'm calling you to my own. You're mine. You walk my way. So that puts us over in chapter 20. <clears throat> then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Again, you shall speak to the children of Israel. And he goes in and talks about this Molech guy again. He don't like him. He don't like him at all. He talks about uh, dealing with uh, familiar spirits. He says, these folks will be cut off. He says three times in a row, I'll cut him off, I'll cut him off, I'll cut him off. And then he gets to verse 7. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. For I, the Lord your God, I am the Lord your God, excuse me, and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. He tells us here to be holy, right? You see that? Be holy. And that is who you be, folks. If you're in Christ, you be holy. Be holy. Fight about walking with the world. Fight that. And that covers lots of territory in your mind, in your heart, in your walk, in everything where you, this all is coming against you. Don't mind where you're at, it's coming against you. But he says again, I'm telling you these things. In verse uh, 6 through 8, <coughs> uh, he's telling us to be holy. Now we'll go down to verse 24 and tw through 26 in chapter 20. Here you go. Uh, but I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the peoples. You shall therefore distinguish between the clean animals and unclean, between the unclean birds and the clean, you shall not make yourselves abominable by beast or by bird or by any kind of living thing that creeps on the ground which I have, which I have separated from you 
as unclean. So he, he covers back about the law about cleanliness, right? And then, verse 26, You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord your God, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. Uh, what does it remind you of? Be mine. What does it remind you of? Be mine. Come on. Who said it? Valentine's? Is that what you said? Oh, speak up, girl. I can't see and I can't hear. Barely can talk. Uh, Valentine's, you know, you ever get a Valentine's and said, be mine? Well, you got one right here. Be mine, he says. Be mine. Not the world's and mine, but totally mine. Be mine. I love that. I just seen a big old Valentine pop up when I saw that. He loves us and he wants us to love him. He loves us and wants us to love him. And so someone's going to read 2 Corinthians. Bring us a microphone. And uh, this, if I could just say a few words, these few words would put all this together. So I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And you better like this chapter. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you don't, don't tell me, please. If you do, say, man, that was good. Uh, but listen to this chapter. Man, it is dynamite. But think of what we heard this morning. Think of what these verses, these chapters here are saying to us, okay? Now, this chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out of their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, be perf perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Isn't that wonderful? So did you see any promises? And he talked about the promises. Tell me about some of these promises. Identify a few of them. Look, look at the word and say, that's a promise. And read it and tell it out loud. Yes, that is a promise, isn't it? Next one. He will dwell in us. Come on now. Is that really true? Do you believe that he dwells in you? Act like it. Walk like it. Another one. These are all promises. All promises. And he says we have these promises. We have these promises, folks. They're ours. And you know what he says about the promises? He says all the promises of God, A-L-L, -L, are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We possess it. 
It's yours. Live it. Don't, don't, don't live it. Live it. Your promises, they're yours. God has given them to us. What a mighty God we have. You tell me if I'm going too long, Tommy. I'll try to be short now. But, uh, I mean, this is awesome. I done lost Leviticus again. That's not good. There you go. Excuse me. So, uh, listen, you have the sword. Fight for it. Fight, Fight to make these promises yours. Push the sin back. Don't let it cover you up. Push it back. Fight it. You do have a sword, right? As it is written, the mighty sword of God. You have the shield of faith. Don't be sit there and let him whoop you all over the place and make you feel like you're fighting everything by yourself. He fights for you. I, I was praying for the elders earlier last week, in Deuteronomy 1, something other, 30, I think. And it says, I'm the Lord your God. It says, I will go before you. I will fight your battle for you. I will carry you around like a daddy carries a little child. Man, that's some God we got. That's some God we got. Pray those prayers for us, all of us. Get with it. All right, chapter 21 is short. Uh, again, he says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to the priest, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, Now what he's saying to them, I want you to be holy, man. You, all the people are to be holy, but you're going to be more holy. You're going to be the example they look to. You're going to be the walking example. And he talks about all of these things of being holy. And he says, I, the Lord, sanctify them at the end of the chapter. And Moses, I like this verse, verse 24 in chapter 21. <clears throat> and Moses told it to Aaron, to his sons, and to all the children of Israel. He told them God's message, what God said, what God undergirded with his heart own name. You can't get no better than get God saying it and it being so like that. In chapter 22, this is the fifth chapter, the Lord spoke to Moses again saying, speak to Aaron and his sons. So the whole picture, he was talking to all the peoples, the priest, and then Aaron and his sons all together. And then he separated out this, the priest, and then he separated out the head of the priest, uh, Aaron. And he, he said, be holy. I do not want to cut you off my presence, but my holiness demands I will. And uh, <clears throat> verse 31 and 33, I'll end up this, these five chapters, and then I got one other thing to say if Tommy gives me time. Therefore you shall keep, verse 31 of chapter 22, therefore you shall keep my commandments and perform them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Well, uh, eight times in this chapter, 30, 38 times altogether, I am. Man, does God want us to know this? And so uh, 
I'm going to have Chase, I think. No, John. Uh, no, 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 no. Here it is. Uh, Blake. Blake, right here he is. Give him the mic. Sorry about that. All right, this is our last verse. Uh, it's out of John eight fifty eight. Now listen to this. We just said how many times these I am's, 38 times here, right? Now listen. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Who said that? All right. Man. So this is our I am that we can see Jesus, our foundation, the builder of the temple, the purchaser of the temple. Oh, man, it's good. So this God, this Jesus, the one who died on Calvary, rose again, the one who spoke these uh, commands in the uh, Leviticus, he is the same yesterday today and forevermore he will be the same who needs to change folks Tommy doesn't said it we need to change if you're not changing if you if you can look at your life and say you know I don't see any change in me this year I'm not more like Christ in anything that's not a good sign to yourself so how does that happen you start fixing your gaze upon Christ in all the scriptures. You gaze upon him, you see him, and you expect a blessed Holy Spirit who lives where? Okay. Are you sure about that? You don't sound like you're sure about the Holy Spirit lives in the believer. Kachi, does he? Jason? Okay, I just hate to shake. Okay. Now, Charles Derrick, does he? In the believer? Okay. He does. He lives in us. He lives in us. So he's called us to be holy in his sight, uh, to follow him. As Jesus told Peter and Andrew when he was fishing in the sea and he went out there to them and they was, he said, y'all, follow me. He calls us to follow him. Follow him. Follow him. Be holy. Make it your aim, folks. Make it your aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord. He says, I am. He has armed us with the sword of the Spirit as it is written. Be holy, for I am holy. All right. Well, thanks, brother, uh, for that word. Um, encouraging yet exhorting for us all, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> what was that? Oh, yeah. No, you're good. Uh, I'm a, a teacher, but I'm on spring break, but I still got the teacher in me, right? And as a teacher, you got to gauge your students, right? You got to gauge the audience. And so I'm not going to ask any questions because it doesn't seem like anyone wants to answer any questions. <clears throat> all right. So, um, Leviticus twenty, twenty-six. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the peoples 
to be mine. Right, brother, or Pastor, he encouraged us to like to examine through like this this text here, Leviticus, right? To First Corinthians is on top of that. And so as you we were saying, I was thinking about okay, first Corinthians, first Corinthians, first Corinthians, and go back to First Corinthians three. And I'll read it. And then maybe that'll arouse something. Spirit do what he wants. First <clears throat> um, Corinthians three. Verse 21, so then let no one boast in men for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All things belong to you and you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. We belong to Christ. We are his. Right. We are his. Um, what an encouragement. Right. And so because we are his, we are to um, be holy. For he is holy. We are to be like him. <clears throat> we are to be like him. All right, anything else? Uh, stand out any questions, comments? This is like a bigger version of my grace group. In my grace group, we like, there's never a dull moment. So um, uh, some of us are in the audience. So feel free to participate. Yeah, brother, you, you already kind of beat me to the punch with those two texts. Uh, uh, Leviticus, Leviticus 20, 26. And I'm going to forever know that as the Valentine verse. Um, but specifically, specifically the, the word be mine, the, the possessiveness there. Like he, um, not just, he, he does own us, right? We now belong to God. We used to belong to the world, but that gracious work of transferring has been happened in, has happened in Christ. And he, uh, you find that kind of language in Second Corinthians 6. I will be their God. They shall be my people. And uh, brother, as you pointed out, even in Titus 2, how it tells us that Christ shed his blood, he purified us uh, so that we might be a people who belong to him, his own possession. And... Um, but he, he relates to us, as this text tells us, as a, as a father. We're his children, right? So that was just, that was good to think about. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Um, so like if you're, these commands to be holy and be separate and, um, then he says, looking at the mirror and follows it with transformed into the image. Uh, Mr. Jordan explained to me that uh, the mirror back in the day, they would have known this. We don't know this, but and uh, he could have said this in the past 12 years, and you all already know it. But it really helped me, so I'm going to say it again. Um, that They didn't have mirrors like us that were perfectly clear, but they were extremely hard, like real fuzzy, almost like looking in maybe maybe a pond or something, so uh, that, so how, I was talking to him about conformity, and he said, well, that, this verse says it, to stare intently as you're looking at that fuzzy mirror, and you will become holy, so I just, I thought about that in connection with all these commands to be holy. Amen, amen.
which I don't know about you, but I've really been encouraged by the book, How People Change. Uh, they were in our grace group, and right, so there's the, there's the heat, and then there's, there's the thorns, right, but then there's the cross, right, and the cross is, it's looking at Jesus, right? It's, it's looking at him, um, and then as opposed to our circumstances, and out of that, right, we, we bear fruit, right? We become more conformed into his image. He is holy. So we look to the Holy One, and therefore we become holy, for he is holy. It's starting to make sense now. In that uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, we are beholding Christ with eyes of faith. That's why we can't see him as we will one day when we will see him as he is. And then as we uh, fix our gaze upon him, uh, it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us that could change us to the likeness of Christ. Gaze upon his holiness and the Holy Spirit will work it in your life. Gaze upon his patience, the Holy Spirit will work that in your life. But if you don't look, you can't change yourself to the likeness of Christ because God has given us the Holy Spirit. Christ has given us the Holy Spirit because he knows Christ more than all we do. So he, he'll conform us to the right image. I think what I loved about reading in Leviticus this week is um, like Rick reminded us how many times it said, I am the Lord your God. I think as we've grown up hearing the story about Moses and we know that God spoke to Moses and said to him, just tell them that I am the I am. And it just really hit home with me this week that he's, he's my I am, you know, he, I am his, and he belongs to me as the great I am. So I just love that. I love that I was able to see that in Leviticus and how many times he said it. It was over and over. I kept thinking, oh, wow. He said it again. I am the Lord your God, and I, I just love that. It was really good for me to hear him remind me of that this week, that he's mine, and I'm his. And the Lord is very personal. He's not some out there God. He's, he's ours, right? I appreciated the uh, attention that um, Pastor Rick drew to the end of chapter 20 uh, when the Lord says, I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the peoples. 
You shall, therefore, separate the clean beast from the unclean. And then he says it again, which I have set apart for you to hold as unclean. You shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. It's, uh, it's interesting because maybe we'd be tempted to go, well, what's the difference between a pig and a cow? Why is bacon so bad? And I think the motivation of the verse is to say, it's not. It's the, the same question about you. What's the difference between you and the person who's not here? Nothing. The reason why we don't eat the pig is because there is no difference between you and the person who God didn't save, but God chose you. God made a selection. He was intentional. He chose you. He set you apart. And God is holy. So in your food, I want you to think about that when you intentionally don't eat pork. It's not really any difference between the cow and the pig. It's a reflection. It's a reminder. The Lord has done something. And it's crazy to think that by the time we get to the times of Christ, and in all honesty, not too many days after it was written, that people began to look at that as an opportunity for them to elevate themselves in their own eyes above their neighbor. Uh, and to see God's law not as a reflection of the redemption He's already accomplished and the holiness uh, that He demands, but instead to see God's law as an opportunity as that thing that makes them separate, that makes them set apart. Um, He's saying, I've already set you apart. So do the same thing with your food. Do the same thing with the bird. Do the same thing with your linens. Um, I was just appreciative that, that Pastor Rick the attention to the text, and the text says what it says. Uh, Leviticus 19.32 You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. All right, well, as we close, um, I was just thinking, something our brother said, uh, this is, it's, it's, obviously there's some, um, we have to reflect, self-reflection, uh, but also even on a, this was given to the peoples, right, corporately, so even reflect on us as a church, right, or narrow it down to even like your grace group, right, he, he brought, um, you know, just being wounded by sin, Right, um, and so something to think about is any any of us wounded by sin? Are you wounded by sin? Do you know somebody wounded by sin because of their sin or perhaps another's? Right, and if we don't, we're not sure. Then we should we should find out. Right, we should be invested in one another. Uh, invested in our grace group, invested in brother and sister that we sit next to, et cetera. Um, uh, transparency, yeah.
And Lord willing, I know for my grace group, right, how people change has been really encouraging to that end. I trust it's been the case for other grace groups. Uh, <clears throat> but be holy. The Lord says, be holy for I, the Lord, am holy. All right. Let us pray and we'll close out. God and Father, you are holy. Um, you, are, you are set apart. There is none like you. Wow. There is none like the Lord our God. And you've called us to be holy. Lord, you, uh, in a great desire to see holiness in us, sent your son, the Lord Jesus. And so positionally, because of Christ and his death and burial and resurrection, because of him, we are holy. And yet you've called us to live a life of holiness unto you. And we pray that individually and as a body, as one body, that we would be holy, that the world would know that we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen.